Today's episode of the Athletic Fantasy Baseball Podcast is brought to you by Remarkably Remote, a new daily microcast from GoToMeeting all about making work from home work for you. With indispensable intel on how to stay sane, motivated, and productive at home, we're here to help you in this brave new remote working world. Add to your flash briefing on Alexa or subscribe on your favorite podcasting app. And welcome to your favorite Wednesday diversion, Under the Radar. With me as always, the AJ Preller of this shite, Derek Van Riper. Lado Alay. And he's the Preller of this shite because Ian Khan demanded to be the Rick Hahn of this shite. <laughs> yes, Rick Hahn, like Ian Khan. Actually, never caught that. Is that why you did it? No, I didn't demand. I wanted the Yankees. Who are you kidding? I'm one of the Yankees, uh, but oh, I'm happy with the Sox. Take that up with uh, Mark Kerrig, actually. <laughs> happy to be a Chicago White Sox owner. If you don't know what we're talking about, uh, we're doing a huge OOTP 21 sim uh, with a bu- most of the beat writers taking part in it. Uh, some of the ones who didn't, we assigned out the teams to us fantasy writers. So uh, I'm the Diamondbacks. Ian is the White Sox. Uh, DVR got stuck with the Padres. He was bumped from the Brewers. I'm sorry, TV has been blessed with the Padres. I would, uh, the Padres are awesome, especially if we're going to sim past 2021, then the Padres are, are a team you want to be. Yeah, I'm not sure actually what the what the deal is past, well, past whenever baseball starts. I think we're just going to sim the rest of the season. I don't know. We'll see. Right, anyway, I'm it's seeing. a cool, fun game that's yeah. currently uh, befuddling a lot of people, but once <laughs> you get past that, it's awesome and easy. I did. I did try it out. So I started my own OOTP. What, what's it? What's the? What are the letters? That's out right. Of the park, yeah. yeah. Out of the park. Out of the park baseball. Um, and I and it's fun. It's really fun. Like I, I played like the first twenty two games of the Chicago White Sox season this year. Um, and it's fun. Like it even has graphics. It's like nineteen eighty four right. graphics. But that's kind of fun too. <laughs> and the game. Wait, wait until you nicely. start getting weird, weird injuries and stuff. Well, the first pitch. The first player to hit was Malik Smith. We were playing the, I was playing the Seattle Mariners and he got called out on strikes and got thrown out of the game. I was like, <laughs> really? <laughs> An opening Damn. game. Damn. Are you going pitch by pitch? I just hit sim a week, checking on what happened. Well, you know what I did was I simmed a game and then you go no. batter by batter and then it just goes to the pitch that something happens. So if it's a strikeout, it'll go to two strikes. If it's a walk, it'll go to three, you know, three and one. Right. And and then it'll just like hit hit the ball. <laughs> so the first thing was Malik Smith got thrown out of the game. Pretty funny. Pretty funny. Uh, you're a crazy person for doing that. But it was fun. That's why we love you. Hey, now. Hey, now. On today's show, uh, we'll just quick update on what happens since we last met. I um, wanted to get it uh, very briefly. Going to get into some of the stuff that uh, DraftKings is doing with their pools. I think we just mention it and move along, but you know, Ian wants to talk about The Office, so maybe we'll talk yeah, about The Office. Definitely, since I've never watched The Office. <laughs> Although the British <laughs> Office I've watched, I like that show a lot. That was fun. Uh, and me too. Oh, um, no, you know what? I'll share an anecdote about that later. Uh, we got a mailbag. Uh, so we put out a call for mailbag questions for a column on the site. Um, and I just stole three of them uh, to do here on the show because you know it's it, you don't want to keep repeating and doing the same show over and over again. And I don't want to get out of touch with people I actually need help with and what they want to know. So we stole three good questions here. One's about Alex Wood. Uh, one's a dynasty league question, and one is a uh, kind of a rookie question with a delay that I think Ian can get into a little bit. 
And then last week, we didn't get into the auction prices that Ian and DVR paid for, for people. Again, we don't want to get into the boring part of it, but there are some interesting prices here. They both did an auction. So uh, happy Greek Independence Day, everybody. Yo, and Nando, Derek proposed something in the article um, that he wrote about Tout Wars, which bizarrely had my name in the headline about hamburgers. Was that you, Nando? <laughs> I was like, was that Nando? <laughs> give it a, give it a little, little shout out. Um, Ian Con Burgers. And it was like, I looked at it, I was like, what the frig? What the heck is that? And then I was like, oh, oh okay, yeah, yeah. Because it's more about Zola than anything. Um, well, it's a beautiful article, and I, I highly yeah, commend it. Yeah, but Zola didn't have a food named. It was kind of funny to put the food in the headline. I think. Yeah, it was funny because it made me go, well, damn, I better read that. Um, you but have to. I did, and I, I, I retweeted it with a, with a little, with a little love. Um, but DVR brought up this idea of like a triple league that is fascinating and kind of like blowing my mind. I just don't know how it would work. Did you see this part, Nando? Yeah, well, I, read, I read the whole. Well, I edited it, so I read every single word. <laughs> yeah. All right. So, <laughs> did you read it? <laughs> yeah, I happened. To, I happened upon it. I, ha- I happened upon it. Um, but so he's proposing this idea that we could get. I mean, Nando, you have to do it. I'll do it. DVR does it. Eno's got to do it. Uh, Colton and the Wolfman have already agreed to do it. Like this could be like the like the, the you know the premier ridiculous league. DVR, you want to tell what it was so people who have not yet read the article can hear it because it's awesome. I love it. I'm so excited. Yeah, thanks, Ian. It's, it's a triathlon. So there's three leagues. Um, they're all rotisserie leagues. They're all 15 teams. Or at least they can be up to 15 teams if for whatever reason we ended up with 12 entries. You could obviously run these as a 12-team league. But there's a mixed league auction, an AL-only league auction, and an NL-only league auction. Uh, if it fills up to 15 teams, we're going to make the positional requirements for the only leagues a little bit smaller. We'll take away the second catcher. We'll take away the fifth outfielder. Uh, I think we'll combine corner and middle infielders into one infield spot, and we'll shorten up the number of pitchers a little bit just to kind of keep the player pool normal relative to how we normally play. Uh, but the overall contest is rotisserie points combined across all three leagues. So oh, uh, the, the the wrinkle here, like I thought about doing this a couple months ago. Things were, were very busy and it just, it wasn't really going anywhere. So I thought, okay, I'll, I'll wait. Maybe this will be a 2021 thing. And now that we have some more time, I thought, okay, let's, let's actually try this because if the season is shortened and we get 80 games or 100 games or whatever we get, we're all going to be really excited for baseball and we're going to want to have drafted a few more leagues in this downtime where we're all staying at home and we kind of need the community of our fantasy baseball leagues and our community at large while we're all kind of separated. So I thought a triathlon is three great excuses for us to get together on each of those auction nights. You love it. Online chatting video, whatever. And you can also have co-owners. So if the three of us wanted to have a combined effort, we could each take one of the teams or we could all work together on each of the three auctions. We kind of do it however we want. And what I did is I tied a, a charity component to this. Instead of playing this out where there's you know, regular prizes paid back, uh, I said every entry is going to be a $100 donation to a local food bank. Yeah. And that way if, if whatever if the season doesn't happen or if we're all just like oh, this is a weird season and, and playing for money is kind of silly we're helping people who need it 
we are helping kind of ourselves from a, like a mental standpoint, and, and we're just doing something fun that might become more of a tradition in the future too. So it just kind of seemed like a a win 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 sort of thing where. Most importantly, we could do something for people in need while also enjoying something that we love. I've got a good name for it. I mean, triathletes. Tri- what do you have it called right now? I just called it Fantasy Baseball Triathlon. How about this? The Fantasy Baseball Triple Crown. There you go. Oh, that's nice. You call it the Triple... Whoever wins, wins the Triple Crown. I'm down. I think that that yeah, gets like a better that. name. Hey. Alrighty. I mean, I... Hey, now, look. Maybe you should I'm, be writing I, our headlines. <laughs> I probably wouldn't put my dumbass name in it. Um, but, yeah, I, I think it's fantastic. I mean, I'm sure that we could get 15. Nando, would you want to do one? I, I, I want to do one. My only concern about I mean, it. Like, I don't want to do any more leagues, but since you've brought this up now and we'd be kind of jerks if we said no, I guess I will. Well, that's that's why I wanted the, the co-owner component, too. Because, <laughs> I mean, three leagues ends up being a lot. But with two of them being only leagues... The in-season maintenance for an only league is a lot less than a mixed league because there's so few players popping up onto the waiver wire. The time it takes to run fab every week is a lot less than it is in pretty much any mixed league format. No, I love it. I, I, I absolutely like love it. And I think it, it can be another, you know, are we going to do it through the athletic? Is it happening through the athletic? Uh, just the thing I'm putting together kind of on my own, I guess, but I, I, love I, it. I don't know. We'll we'll run it on either CBS or Yahoo or somewhere. I don't know. Fan tracks, I didn't it. mind the fan tracks. I, I, I like the CBS uh, auction. Pretty, we, we do that, uh, Derek. But I kind of like the fan tracks auction that we use for Tot Wars. I didn't mind it. I thought it worked really well. Yeah, I did too. I thought it was Yeah, fan tracks is smooth. Fan tracks is smooth. And I, I, Ron Johnson, going once, going twice <laughs> on CBS gets a little grading after a while. I love this. It's very exciting. Oof. Yeah, DVR. All right, DVR. What a good guy. The Triple Crown. I'm in. You can have my $100. Donate it where you wish. Food bank away. So that was uh, DVR's column. Check it out. Uh, we're, uh, well, So we have two things running right now. The Athletic.com slash Fantasy Baseball Podcast gets you 40% off. Or I think if you just go to DVR's column, just just Google search Ian Conbergers and it'll show up. Yeah. <laughs> uh, I think that would be weird if anything else showed up. But uh, <laughs> I did uh, do should, a commercial. I, hey, I did a Burger King commercial when I was like 19 years old. That was one of my. That was my Screen Actors Guild card. So you get all the DVDs now. I don't know. No, I did a couple of commercials back in the day. I did one pretty famous one too. And, and? Uh, it was in. A, I did. I, I, Are you I, not allowed to say it? No, I, I'll tell you. I did. Uh, so I did a couple of commercials, like right when I got out of college. I got a lead on a TV show written by a guy named Glenn Gordon Karen, who created Moonlighting. Remember Moonlighting, the Bruce Willis show with Sybil Shepherd, which was awesome. Yeah, of you course. Guys, you guys might be both a little too young for that, but. Um, and then when I was 22 years old, I had just done a play, and I just got my equity card, and then I walk in. And this guy is like, you're going to be, I'm going to turn you into the next Bruce Willis. And I was like, all right, let's do that. I'm all for that. So we shoot the pilot. It was in New York. I was in, uh, it was in the Bill Cosby studios. The Bill Cosby director was doing it. Jay Sandrich, who was the most famous uh, sitcom director of his age, did I Love Lucy, the Dick Van Dyke show. He was an old dude, but he was very nice. And then while we were waiting to see if the show got picked up, which it did not, I went in for an Excedrin commercial. And I did an Excedrin commercial. You know, one really? of those old 30 seconds to the camera. And I still remember it. Do you want to hear it? You want to hear the Excedrin commercial? Yeah, please. Right, I got a headache so. this big and it's screaming for Excedrin? Sort of. It was a little later than that. And at the time, they did six 
on the same two days. They did three on one day and then three on the another, next day. And I remember talking to the woman who was the head of Excedrin of the ad agency. And I was like, so what are you doing? She said, basically, what we're going to do is we're going to take all six of these commercials. We're going to test them. And whoever is the best is going to be the person. There may be okay. two. So I was like, all right, well, whatever. So mine was um, Tylenol is always around. So I always used it for, you know, all the things you use Tylenol for. <laughs> but my mother said. Oh, well, you know, giving- by the way, I don't know how this conversation got here, but. I took Tylenol this morning for the first... I got a headache from a hangover from doing one of those drinking with friends online last night. <laughs> but please continue. It's just weird that they were and I'm going right in the right middle now. of my freaking commercial. You just interrupt. You just paused on TiVo. Doesn't, I got to restart now. I mean, it's like if I just if I just clean something with Comet and you just started talking about a Comet commercial. It's such a random thing that I don't do in my daily life that I had to. I had to. I'm sorry. Continue. I won't again. Comet was always around. So I always used it for, you know, all the things you use Comet for. Right. Just kidding. Tylenol was always around. So I always used it for all the things you use Tylenol for. But my mother said, she's always giving out medical advice. She said to relieve headaches, you should use Excedrin. It's better than Tylenol. She was right. Major bonding experience with mom. Plus, I got something that's better for headaches. I mean, what more could you want out of life? (laughs) Excedrin, the headache medicine. And that became the one of the six. And so that mother ducker played for like two years and like every day, like, and this was back when, like if you were doing commercials and you're and it aired, it wasn't on the internet. It was, it wasn't on cable. It was like on Seinfeld or friends. Right. So I lived off of that commercial for like two years. Wow. And it was absolutely key to, um, to sort of, Getting there. I don't even remember how I started with that. Uh, don't either, but we got there. Then we got it. All right. Yeah. Well, there it is. <laughs> I actually don't. <laughs> Just not uh, remember either. This is a blast from Ian's past. I like those stories. By the way, uh, Ian's still not live streaming George Washington, but I got no. a better idea for you now. All right. Go for it. Math with Marty Decker. Yeah, that's not bad. <laughs> how about that? <laughs> hey, now. Marty Decker. I tell yeah, you, you you don't need a wig for that. No, that would be a huge difference. Marty Decker was a piece of work, that dude. He 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 was he was cool. I liked him. That was one of my favorite characters I've ever played for sure. And you can I think you can find it on YouTube. I should probably look before next week before I keep saying that. Um yeah, no, I'm actually working on something not necessarily George Washington related, but something, you know, Nando is the godfather of fantasy baseball. And part not. of the reason he yeah, is because he's he's a great ideas man. He comes up with stuff. And so last week he's bugging me about doing the George Washington and, and, and then the next day I'm doing the other podcast that I do. And my mom calls me just as it starts and my phone was on and she's like, listen, I just had this great idea that I downloaded from the universe because my mom's a little crazy. And she said, you should do a daily history lesson as George Washington. <laughs> and I said, yeah, mom, I'm already, I already, already got that, that download from from uh from my buddy nando just like well work on it so i'm like all right so something is uh something is percolating there will be no wig it's gonna be amazing if your mom calls you tomorrow and she's like that guy you played in bull you should have him teach teach math and stock lessons to the kids who are home then we'll know something's weird yeah <laughs> yeah she doesn't all right move it on you're right let's get we, we get, get to real baseball right let's get to right. real baseball let's go to the mailbag DVR, let me start with you. Craig W's got this question. Actually, very good one. And kind of related to the question that you asked in the Tout Wars chat room about why the, the general population is, isn't is hot on Yohan Mankata. In five of his seven seasons, Alex Wood has had a sub 3.90 ERA with 27 plus games started. 
Do you expect Wood to bounce back to the pitcher he has been prior to his disaster last season? Well, I think the fact that the Dodgers, who know him pretty well since he's pitched there before, since they were the team that made a point to bring him back in, I'm definitely intrigued. I mean, he's going back to the place where he had a lot of that success. We know the Dodgers manage their pitchers really well. And with Alex Wood, I mean, the, the strikeout rate really fell off last year in the little bit that we saw him. But it's hard to believe that any of those seven starts were Alex Wood at anything close to 100% healthy. So I'm kind of throwing 2019 out. I'm looking at 2017 and 2018. I think the earlier career K rates are probably a pipe dream at this point. But this is a guy that I think can pretty consistently give them five quality innings, turn it over to the bullpen, be a good source of ratios, be at least an average strikeout rate sort of guy. And because of the team he's going to pitch for this season, probably be a nice source of wins. Uh, but we're talking about a guy that in the last four seasons has not gone over 152 and a third innings. So there's definitely some health concern, and the Dodgers are built in a way where they can give him time off as he needs it. And the projections like him, too, for what it's worth. The projections all have him either in the low fours or the high threes at the ERA and kind of in the 120 range for whip, which plays in a lot of formats. I take it. And is, is there a worry that Alex Wood uh, maybe loses a spot if he starts out kind of iffy? They have, they have like eight starting pitchers there. Yeah, I mean, I'm not paying a lot for Alex Wood, but if I'm going down my list and I'm in a 15-team league and we're getting down to the 30th round, I mean, I don't know what his ADP is at, but if he's hanging around around 26th round, 27th round as my ninth pitcher, you know, after I've already picked up everyone else, Alex Wood is is an interesting upside play for all the reasons that Derek was saying. Um, and there's a, uh, yeah, I, I think it's possible, you know, he's, he's in that, he's in that same bucket as like Drew Smiley is for me, um, who I also kind of like, or Homer Bailey. And I actually kind of like Homer Bailey a little bit more partially oh, because of what you Alex just said. Would. Yeah. Yeah, I do. Because of what you just said, because I think Homer Bailey is going to have a lot longer leash. I also think Homer Bailey is going to have a good season. So, um, you know. But he's in that same bucket for me. I, I, I'm not counting on him, but hey, pick him up, draft him, and then drop him if he if he if he struggles. Because if he struggles, he's not going to hold that rotation spot. Because Dustin May will be up. Do you guys ever get that hangover that shows up like you're fine for like the first five hours of the day, and then like at <laughs> noon it just hits you and you're like, what? It's, what happened? You just need a nap, bro. You need a nap. No, That's I all. can't nap. No you nap. can't nap. No. Oh, I love a nap. Oh, we got the baby here. Nap when they nap. That's the, the whole thing with a baby. I um, No, I have not experienced that type of hangover where I feel fine for the first five hours and then it hits me. Like I, If I'm hungover, uh, it hits me right away. Like there was, uh, there was a time early last summer, people who listen to this show and other shows I've done over the years know that I like craft beer. And what tends to happen is I buy nice seasonal releases of craft beer when they come out and usually I, I'm not going to drink it quickly. I, I put it away. I cellar it. Um, and then a special occasion rolls around. I open up a couple bottles and share them with friends because I like to do that. Well, I kind of fell behind on choosing special occasions. And last summer I had to have like a beer fest, like a one night beer fest with a bunch of my friends who like that kind of beer. 
and we kind of accidentally overdid it with some like barrel aged stouts and just really heavy like twelve and fifteen percent beers. And I woke up the next day and I I just I thought I was done. Like I I didn't think I was going to recover from that hangover. I thought I was going to be in a permanent state of headache, not wanting to move, and not wanting to eat food. Like I was I was sure that that was the hangover that was going to like keep me from enjoying something that I really enjoyed for so long. Um, and I, the thing that made me feel a little bit hopeful is that I, I popped open my phone and I saw one of my buddies who was there the night before actually at the farmer's market with his wife, with his two-year-old daughter on his shoulders on like an 85-degree day in the heat as though nothing was wrong. And I thought, okay. That guy drank water. No. That guy took Excedrin. Well, yeah. He drank, the headache, he, he drank water. He took Excedrin. And uh, I think there's some some DNA working in his favor in that regard. I think he's his tolerance is, has reached a level that mine could never reach. Um, so I, I realized, I'm like, okay, I can get through this. I can, I can sit here and I can slowly recover. But if you, if you can't sleep, that's the worst because you don't feel like improving from something like that. Like the nap is the ultimate cure-all. And I, didn't, I didn't get a nap in that day. I just sort of laid there on the couch for about six hours until... I finally had enough water to kind of push things along and make me feel a little bit better, like good enough to at least walk the dog and start moving around a little bit. Oh, dude. Well, just beware if you if you get an invite to go to house party, that app with any of your friends. <laughs> like, hey, well, have a drink. Come on, man. Let's have a drink tonight. I'm like, all right. Just uh, drink your water. Chug your water. Anyway, Alex Wood. Uh, Ian, I question your rankings, but let me ask you this. Go ahead. Michael Waka, in light of the Syndergaard stuff, where is he in terms of Alex Wood for you? Huh. You know, I, I always have a thing. I, I got a thing for Michael Waka. I just think back to his first season where he came up, and that changeup was so dominant, right? And then he had arm trouble, shoulder trouble, elbow trouble, every trouble. Like, you know, everything was, like, screwy for that dude. And I kind of like Michael Waka. I keep thinking that there's going to be a time where he would come back. So, you know what? I'm going to put... Oh, we haven't talked about Syndergaard. Wow. Um, I'm going to put... All right, what are we going to say, right? Like, this is talking about Syndergaard, right? Uh, there's an interesting story that came out about uh, Syndergaard and, and a trade that happened um, on, on Twitter I read about, uh, which we could talk about in a second. Uh, Waka, I'm going to put behind Bailey. I'm going to put in the Smiley bucket. I think I'm going to put Wood ahead of Smiley, too. So I think I'm going to go Bailey, Wood, just barely over Smiley, who's then over Waka, but I still would consider Waka, especially with the new with the new news. All right. That's where I'm at. That's interesting. I mean, you, you know what it is? You look at Alex Wood's complete history. Like DVR said when he went down the whole thing, I mean, it's, it's hard to get an ERA that low. His career ERA is a 3.40 with a terrible year last year. Coming back from back issues. Um, I don't know. Alex Wood's the kind of guy to me who's going to have a low whip. Probably pretty good ERA to go along with that. And I don't care about the strikeout rate. Because that's like, that's like my guy who will get the ratios. Oh, it's a good question. It, it, it does. And, you know, DVR, I don't think we really hit on the Mankata thing last week at all. But you had said something like, you know, Mankata was getting no love. I think I saved it. I think it's still here in last week's rundown. You yeah, something when you're, when you're manning the chat. Yeah, is there something giving the masses pause with Mancata? Uh, and that was off of Ian getting him for fifteen dollars, which you called arguably the best value by the day so far, uh, which I agree with. Why do you think no one likes Yohan Mancata? Oh yeah, we talked about it a little bit last week. It's um, did we? I don't remember. Yeah, I, I, <laughs> yeah, you're, you're, <laughs> you're in a reduced state right now. Um, no, I'm good. 
You're, you're, you're making it? All right. We'll see. We'll, we'll the, see if I got to just suddenly leave and drop the microphone to go throw up. Uh, I'll, <laughs> I'll just scream Excedrin so you guys, you'll know when to. <laughs> we'll we'll, know, we'll know when to take over and mute your microphone. Yeah. Uh, I, I think what it came down to, though, is just that Mankata had the really high K rates in 17 and 18. I think people look at him as probably more of a batting average liability than he actually is because of what happened over the span of about 200 games in 17 and 18. But I think what we saw in 19 is largely real. And, and the one thing that I think you'd point to and say that's probably not happening again is the 406 Babbitt. But he hits the ball hard and he runs well. So he, he's probably a 275, 280 batting average guy most years and we saw what the ceiling can be for him in that category a season ago the thing i go back to is he was he was supposed to be a stud and he finally came. i mean i remember last year before the season started someone wrote the story it's probably one of james fegan or someone who said the dude took the whole off season like worked with the hitting coaches you know came to chicago and it like uh went to cages and just worked on walking more and striking out less and he did it and like that kind of reminds us, you know, like these guys who are like, oh, all he does is strike out, like they can fix that, and especially at a young age like Mankata, and that unlocked his potential, I think. So, Ian, I mean, are you expecting like a, like I know it's a points league, so you probably get points taken away for strikeouts. You know, there's kind of like a, an odds. Yeah, it's not so bad. There. The points taken away for strikeouts are less less uh, troubling than last year. Uh, last year you lost a point. Now it's only half a point for strikeouts. Um, you know, he's gonna strike out, but. Like you say, he's a thirty dollar player. You got for fifteen. Ah, he's not. I don't know. I'll go that far, but I think he's a twenty three dollar player. I that's where I got him. Twenty twenty. Like I wasn't going in to buy Moncada, but I think it it sort of was stalling at twelve, and then I said, all right, thirteen. Someone hit fourteen. I said, all right, fifteen, and then it just stopped. And you never know when things stop. That's why I'm so excited about the triple crown uh, possibility because it gives you more chances to to auction off against the best players in the game, you know. And the guys that well, we you were playing, get, make sure you get the best players in there. Well, we're gonna. I mean, well, it's not my it's not my yeah. league. I should shut up. I, yeah, what are I, you I've doing, been, man? This is yeah. come on, dude. <laughs> Sorry, it's true. It's D, it's DBR's league, and hopefully, I have a spot. Uh, speaking of uh, great players, somebody who was in that league in the head-to-head tout is Frankie Stanfall, who has some news this week. Nando. Yeah, he went to CBS, man. Yeah, man. He's he's like uh, you know he he with uh, Florio and Greg Sussman were the BFFs back at the uh, at that old joint and. Um, and Frankie really took a. That's a big. It's a big promotion for him. I think. I mean, it, it was great what he was job. doing there too. You know, he's, smart he's, he's a really smart guy, man. Smart, super smart guy. Great guy. I know he listens to the show because I called him after the head to head, and I was like, "Yo, why'd you get all my pictures? Did you, have you been listening to the show?" And he's like, "Well, maybe, maybe it's a fun show." Um, but Frankie's great, man. Not only is he really personable as a guy, um, but he's uh, really good on. TV, really good on radio, and really smart. So I'm really happy for him. That sounded like a sincere Ian Khan. Yeah, well, yeah, I like that. That was, that was nice. There was yeah. no sniff detected. <laughs> yeah, it, yeah, it was, it was, that was, that was legit. Congratulations to our buddy Frank. Yeah, man, and you're like his hero. Not his hero, man. I'm his buddy. <laughs> yeah, but you were his hero before you became his buddy. I know he used to say that all the time. So well, he, he, he he listened to you on CBS. We all did. Well, he used, to, yeah, he used to do this show with uh, Mike Florio, who's now with the NFL. Uh, the other, not the the other Mike Florio, Michael F. Florio, uh, but also the with uh, Florio and the Greg Sussman Florio. and Greg Sussman, who's a who's a good guy. 
Well, no, I'm going way back. When I was at CBS, uh-huh. Florian's, Florian and Frank knew each other like growing up. So they had done a, a fantasy video, and they were kind of like doing it in the basement, and uh, they sent it to me when I was at CBS. <laughs> and I took a look at it, and I'm like, oh, yeah, you know, it's not bad, actually. These guys are, you know, you, you play off each other well, and you know what you're talking about, and, you know, the quality's the quality, but whatever. So it was like and fantasy baseball Wayne's World? It kind of was, actually, yeah. It was, it was you know, they were just... <laughs> Frank's World. Of young, I, don't, I think they might have still been in college at that point. Um, Dude, they probably were in high school. Do you know how old Frank is? He's 28. He's young. He's young, man. He's, he's an up and comer. He's he, he now he's not an up and comer. He's a comer. He's a he's a there. Well, yeah, that's he right. Now it. he's a comer. Congratulations, Frank. You're a comer. <laughs> Way to go, Frankie. Frank. Yeah. <laughs> uh, yeah. So good for him. Yeah, really good. Check him out. S T A M P F L. For those of you wondering how to post stampful. Yeah, and he posted a nice video yesterday, sort of announcing it. I'm going to give him a ring later and say, "Yo, congrats, man." It's really I didn't good. actually. A, I didn't have my volume up for it, but I saw it was a video. You should see it. He's very. I retweeted very it. Anyway. I mean, he could, he could have said a lot of nasty things in there. I would have retweeted it because I'm like, congratulations, <laughs> man. <laughs> It'd be such a good test to see who's actually listening to the content before. There's a yeah, funny right. <laughs> Louis C.K. I mean, Louis C.K. who has his own problems. Um, he had this funny thing. He was he had a stand up special about this where he was talking about facebook and how people are just like it's adorable like they show and like what you could do is like just show a video of your butt like just start out with like a kid singing and then like because nobody watches it like nobody's watching nobody's watching the video of your kid but everyone's like oh my god i think i see a future star um it's very funny stuff if you want to check that out too because we all have some time you have some time I don't know, man. I don't have a lot of time these days. Really? I'm putting together an OTP league with 30 people. That does yeah, sound no. like a full-time job right now. We got a commissioner. Man. And you're the and you're putting together the Triple Crown. Actually, I'm going to put together something else, too. I'm going to put together... Uh, I've been thinking about putting together a uh, a, a Dynasty League. Are you just making uh, this up now? No. No, no he talked about this sounds, a few weeks it sounds ago. sounds like you're making something up. So no, you can be no. cool like me and DVR. <laughs> <laughs> no, no, I've been thinking about because of yeah, the. So what I'm doing is I'm building a model car. I'm, I'm building a, a etch a sketch from scratch with sand and no. Um, <laughs> I was thinking, you know, the thing about Dynasty Leagues is it's it's so hard to get them running well unless you have like 15. I, I believe in a 15 team Dynasty League. I kind of like that better than a 20. Um, I just enjoy it more. I know most industries play 20, but I like a 15 team two catcher Dynasty League with uh, NFBC rules. Uh, five by five roto but like the problem is you you start a dynasty league and if you have a weak link in the dynasty league it throws the whole thing out of whack so i want to start a dynasty league that's just like the best dynasty players in the, in the country who i played with and who i know don't make mis- don't make stupid mistakes you know everyone makes mistakes but they don't make foolish mistakes you know so you feel I'm, bad I, like when you here's my issue with starting leagues is that i don't if i win it i feel like oh i just Talked all you suckers into doing this league that I just won. Yeah, like I'm but, running a scam, kind of. No, because the guys who I'm talking, who I'm thinking about inviting into this league, are the best players in the country. Yeah, but you know, you set the rules, you pick the players, you pick the league size, the scoring, everything. Uh, Would no. kind of be like, no, sorry, no. everyone, I just no, because if Ryan Bloomfield and Eddie and Elmangera and and Ralph Lifshitz and myself and James Anderson, Clay Link, and you know, if if all these players are in it, there's no advantage. It's Can we just, get a ding? Ding. Thank you. Uh, if we get, we, sorry about that. I should, probably should have pulled that. Um, but 
<laughs> we should change it from a ding to a sniff. Um, but anyway, I mean I, different things, though. You have to let the sniff be the sniff. All right. Fair enough. Fair enough. Yeah, the sniff is I'm lying. Or it's I'm also not, weird I'm, if someone listens for the first time and every time you say James Anderson, you sniff. <laughs> yeah, that, that sends a very different message. <laughs> yeah, James Anderson. Trying what, to send. James, James, ding, ding. When, whenever I, for new listeners from before when we were just behind the paywall, I, I Nando say, because Nando always likes to take shots at everybody because he's, he's the godfather. Nando Not said true. that, oh my God, you're dropping James Anderson's name again. It was every episode. It was every single episode. <laughs> we need a freaking bell every time you do it. So that, that sort of became the thing. But yeah, it's been a, so no, I wouldn't feel that way. And I wouldn't win the first year. I, I'm pretty sure of that. There's the faux humility. No, it's just that I would play for the next year. You've earned it. Uh, why, don't you, why don't you read the Vince B question? Uh, Vince B. Nando, pick one for this season and one for Dynasty League Keeper. Yandi Diaz, Luis Areas, or Eduardo Escobar? DVR, what do you think? Yandy Diaz is probably... The dynasty option I'd go with, I think, with Eduardo Escobar, we've we've seen the peak, and nope. he's probably on the just on the wrong side of thirty now, I think, too. Uh, but Diaz, like the Rays were unlocking all of it, like for a jacked guy that never hit home runs, they got him to do that. He's always had good plate skills, so I would take Diaz over Escobar for dynasty. But I think for twenty twenty only, Escobar with dual eligibility and. A nice floor, I think, is just a little bit more valuable for me. Is Arias not even in the consideration? No, Arias fits in this group. Um, I think it's the challenging thing with Arias is that in some ways he, his power is exactly where Yandy Diaz's power was this time last year. Like, there's a belief that the hit tool is so good that he'll unlock the power the way that maybe Jeff McNeil did last year. I think that's kind of my like optimistic outcome. For Arias, but if he doesn't do that, he's a 310, 320 hitter who maybe hits six to eight home runs in a full season, which is kind and of how many a bases and he, and he only steals like six to eight bases, right? He doesn't steal a lot of bases, so he's he's a really nice real life player if he doesn't start hitting for more power. Now, he's also not that good of a fielder, no, but he's good enough to stick at second base, but he's not a premium defender. You're right, like if, if things don't work out for him with his bat, he doesn't have his glove to fall back on to carry his playing time. That's a th- for me, it's it's like I look at him and I look at people who love him, and maybe rightfully so because he has a lot of eligibility and he's middle infield or whatever. Uh, but, you know, I go to the minor league stats, and, they, I mean, Rymel Tapia gives you same, if not better average, with a lot more power and a lot more guaranteed steals. I think yeah, but that's, that's, you know, my player A, player B comparison. Arias, like, I love, you know, okay, it's awesome you have a great batting average, and he's been amazing with it. But uh, Tapia has been just as good and brings other elements. I've definitely tried to find ways to use Tapia the last couple of years. I've had him on NL-only teams as kind of a fourth or a fifth outfielder, and it's worked out okay in those situations. Uh, playing time's been the problem. I mean, last yeah. year he got up to 447 plate appearances. I think what I'm worried about for Tapia right now, Nando, is that the Rockies are pretty loaded in the outfield with options at least. And he might be the kind of guy that while he is good enough to start and be a regular somewhere, he might not be a regular there. And with Arias, I think the Twins are in a position right now where they sort of cleared out second base for him. But I think your point holds up really well in that you you, you are looking at a, a similar Roto player, I think, Despite the fact that Arias isn't playing in Colorado, I think 
think he might even have a higher batting average floor than Tapia, which is yeah. not a diss on Tapia. It's actually just a it's a. It mark sounds like of, a dissing Tapia. No, I like Tapia. Like I, I like him as a guy that needs a fresh start somewhere else, and it's frustrating because if he would just play in Coors, he'd be exceedingly valuable for his skill set. But they can't give him the playing time, so I think he's just one of those guys. He's he's kind of trapped the same way a lot of their pitchers are trapped, even though his ceiling isn't crazy high. Like I just want to see what would happen if he did get a full season's worth of plate appearances somewhere, because I think there is a, a good player there. He just doesn't walk. Tapia doesn't walk. Strikes out a hundred times in four twenty six, twenty one walks. I he, but see that's my same problem I have with Yandy Diaz. Is my concern is about playing time. Like, where is he going to play? Is he going to, how many bats is he going to get? Is he going to get 400? Because we know Eduardo Escobar is going to get 600 at bats as long as he stays healthy. He is a centerpiece on that team with the dual eligibility. So actually, for me, I would trade Yandy Diaz. I would trade, I would trade any of those players for Eduardo Escobar. I think that's the unpopular answer. Yeah. Well, I, that's well, okay. But Arias was a, it was a guy that I was picking up last year. And then in the offseason, I was moving him to Twins fans. Or to people who really like got excited about Arias, but for me, no. I mean, he's you know he'll hit three. It, it's like empty. It's it's just not enough there to take up a spot. All right, I can see the argument. I for me, I don't like any of these three players. So uh, I like Escobar sorry, a lot. I like Escobar an awful lot. Really? What, like it? Like he's kind of like one of those boring, but might as well do it because he's boring. Yes, that that's the kind of look. Eduardo Escobar is a good guy for Nando Dufino to get on board with, right? Because <laughs> you can get him in the 10th round and he's going to cover second base and third base every once in a while. He can also he did have shortstop eligibility until this coming year. But look, I mean in 699 plate appearances, 636 at bats, he had a 269 average with 35 home runs, 118 RBIs. Um, 94 runs. I mean, he only had five uh, five stolen bases, but he still give you five stolen bases. He had a 511 uh, slugging, 831 OBP, o- OPS. Look, that's a really good guy to have on your team that you don't have to worry about. You just stick him in there. You put him at second base. He's a really strong second base option. You put him at third base. You can put him at your corner. He's just a nice, solid player. And then you find that guy, and then you go upside with your other guys. He's on the Diamondbacks, which is my OTP assigned team. Yes. Uh, I'll probably start in Jake Lamb over him. Okay. I will trade you. <laughs> okay. Let's see. All right. We can have an Eduardo Escobar trade, some Eduardo Escobar trade talk. I would love that. Okay. All right. All right. I gotta go. Let, me, let me take a look at your system. Nick Madrigal is about to become a, a member of the Arizona Diamondbacks. No, no he's I don't not. Like him. <laughs> no, yeah, I don't think he, I think I'd have to go Nomar Mazzara. You know, Nomar Mazzara was the one guy on the Chicago White Sox who, in the first three weeks of simulation, was just ripping the ball, killing. Really, it. he was hitting like three eighty. <laughs> I was like, "Oh my god, Nomar Mazzara!" Um, so you no. let a simulation dictate to you, uh, Trey? <laughs> well, we, we, considering we're going to be using the exact same simulation, I, I don't I mind uh, Larry Garcia. Yeah, well, we could talk about Larry Garcia because that's my second baseman. You want to do Garcia for Eduardo? Uh, I don't know. Maybe you know, it's it's they're two. Yeah, I would do that. I like Garcia actually a lot, and he could play right. second and outfield. All right. Well, we'll. We, and now we'll, they don't have to start Jake Lamb anymore. Okay, then you can start Jake Lamb. <laughs> I think that's a pretty good trade. DVR, what do you think? I think you need to get more, not to not to interfere in 
the, Look what you just did. the affairs of other owners in the league. Yeah, with, uh, of course, the, because I think the Padres want Larry Garcia. I think that's what's happening. I can <laughs> confirm that the Padres do not want Larry Garcia. I, there, I, I did think the, one of the first things I thought was I want to trade that reliever that uh, that DVR loves so much from the White Sox. Aaron Bummer. It's Bummer. Yeah. yeah. It, what what do I give? What do I get for Aaron Bummer? Ah, but it's okay. But seriously though, like what what would bridge the gap in this trade? In my mind, like what would be enough? Like I think Garcia is just a, a bench player. I think Escobar is a clear starter. There's got to be a second piece, a decent I prospect. Think, I don't know if I need one. <laughs> yeah, let's move on. I'm I, well, I think Lurie Garcia could full season, 600 plate appearances. Lurie Garcia gives you more than Eduardo, or at least equal to Eduardo Escobar. Now, let's table this for now. We don't even have teams yet. It hasn't even been set. They've been assigned. Oh, so oh, sounds like someone having a uh, cold feet. Right. <laughs> no, no cold feet. No, <laughs> I get it. No, it's not cold feet. <laughs> it's not. That's you're, you're misreading it. I did want to talk about this with the Noah Syndergaard thing because something interesting happened. Oh yeah, what a this, great segue. Just, <laughs> <laughs> I had to move on. <laughs> yeah, we got to move on. We got to move on for now. Um, Samada who is a guy over at Prospects Live, which is a really cool site, Prospects Live, with Ralph Lifshitz and Eddie Almanguera. Two, that's a double uh, shout-out to both those guys. Smata posted yesterday about a trade that he had made, that he was in talks for Syndergaard. Listen to how this all played out. i got to find this. Uh, he was in talks for Syndergaard, and he was going to give up, uh, God, it was Scooball and someone else, another really good young pitcher, for Syndergaard, and then Samada sent a message to the guy saying, add a second-round pick and you got a deal. The news comes out about Syndergaard, and then the guy took the deal. Uh, oh, what's the thought still process took on that? That's, that's really well, like bad. He didn't see the news. That, okay, like that's that's just bad faith, right? Like I'm not sure. Now, to be clear, th- there's been no evidence that he knew, but the news came out at 3 or so, and the trade was accepted at 3.30. What is the who who's in the right? Who is in the wrong? It was Spencer Howard and Scooball. So yesterday I got offered. I'm going to read this. I hope it's okay with Smata that I'm doing this. Why not? Right? Because I'm just ask him in the DVR can cut it out if he said no. So yesterday I got offered a deal of <laughs> Thor for Spencer Howard and Scooball. This morning I countered adding a second round pick, which actually is a decent. I think that's decent. Spencer Howard and Scooball and second round pick for Thor. Eh, it's okay. They accepted just before I could pull it back. Timing is obviously odd. Inside info was stuff out there I just didn't see or just bad luck. And then uh, he wrote later. Looks like the trade is getting reversed. Said they hadn't seen the news prior. Wild timing to everything. So all right, but let's imagine that he had seen the news and he made the trade. Who's who's. What what do you do there, DVR? If, if I'm the commish? Yeah. If I'm the commish, I reach out to both owners and say, hey, this news just broke. I'm assuming that there's at least a possibility that one of you guys or both of you haven't seen it yet um, at the time of the trade, so this should be reversed. Like I would I'd walk through it with them, and I, I would guess in most cases, most of the people I play with would say, yeah, okay, let's, let's just reverse it. Bad timing. Move on. Nando DeFino? Uh, I would I would actually start with what DVR said. I'd I'd get them together and be like, guys, look, like this is it's a stupid game that we play. Can we please not destroy friendships and have people talking about it on podcasts by not doing the right thing here? <laughs> you know, it's, it's funny. I mean, it's you know, we're all fr- it's a friendly group of yeah, I agree with people that. in this industry, and you know, it's it's why why make it awkward next time you all hang out uh, because of a you know. You know you did it wrong, right? You know you did kind of like, 
I can see that the argument is always, well, they should have been paying attention to the news if they want to play in a league like this and blah, blah, blah. And I don't know. Yeah, I, I, I'm kind of with both of you guys on this one. Like, I, I kind of stayed out of it because I didn't want to seem like, you know, I know everything, you should listen to what I say. But it seems kind of s- distressing, to say the least, and unfair. And the kind of thing, but then, if you're on the other side of that, and you think you've just scored that, <laughs> then to have to get Syndergaard back and return those players, that would also kind of suck. Because you're like, you're going like, oh my god, I can't believe what I just pulled off. But no, for the overall sake of the league and for friendships, I'm with both of you guys about that. But that's the that was my Noah Syndergaard little story. Well, yeah, if it were a weird thing where, you know, you put the trade out there, you saw what happened, you were giving away someone like Syndergaard, and the other owner didn't know that, like you'd reach to you would reach out to them, right, and say, "Hey, this just happened." You yeah, I wouldn't see it. it. Like you could fix that even without the commissioner being involved, too, if if there's a gap and who knows what when something like that gets processed. No, what happened was Samada sent a counteroffer that morning, which sat on the table for four or five hours. The news came out. He says he didn't see the news, so that's kosher and we'll go with that, especially since he's willing to reverse the trade. But then, you know, took took the deal. It's it's a it's a you know, it's a tricky thing. I would I would have reversed the trade. As commissioner, I would have just been like, Yeah, no, you can't do that. It's not But it's, in good faith that other team uh, might want to still, you know, throw a couple offers out there for Syndergaard. So, look, I won't give you Scooval, obviously, like, but there, you know, there are a couple of players I would give you for him. If you know, I still like the guy, and I think in a year he'll be, well, year and a half he'll be back. You know, the devil in Devil's Rejects, I spent like a good couple of weeks with Ralph Lifshitz, ding, because if the third time I got a ding in uh, negotiations, doesn't... trying to get Noah Syndergaard from him, and that would have sucked. <laughs> as yeah. soon as the news came out, I like went to all my teams. I was like, I know I was really high on Syndergaard this year, but I, I got outbid for him in tout. It went up to $27. I, I was bidding up to 26 So I would have just been ugh, just devastated. That would have sucked. Yeah, that would have sucked. It's tough news. I mean, all relative to you know the rest of the world, but still sucks. Yeah. I uh, want to get one more question in? Yeah. DVR, I believe it's your turn to read a question. All right, I will read this question from Dave S. How do you think the delay will affect Gore, Pearson, and Mize? Ian, we'll throw it to you first. I have no idea. I mean, it either could say they just came out with interesting news like late last night saying that all players can be will get a full year of service if they're called up this year. Yeah, that was a Rosenthal story. Yeah, in The Athletic, the best place to get all of your sports information. Um so I don't know if that helps or hurts minor league guys. If it makes it so that people are like, yeah, we're just going to keep him down all year. Um, I know that Pearson was a guy that I was looking towards a lot this year. Uh, Gore, kind of too. Mize, kind of. Uh, my instinct says that Gore might get, no, nah, I don't think any of them. I think they all stay down. I think I think Gore and Pearson are on teams that, with a shorter season, there's more variance. I think that's kind of the commonly accepted expectation. I think it, it holds up mathematically. The simulations will show that, right? I think with those guys who might have had innings caps especially, like there's no need to hold them down and manage their innings. You could just push them up when you want them up. And I think they're both big league-ready guys. Since the Jays and Padres actually could go to the playoffs, I think they actually come up yeah. almost right away. I think Casey Mize, I think for, for the rebuilding teams, Tigers, Orioles, 
Marlins, like the legit bad teams, they can hold off completely now. Like Jared Kelnick because of the, of the short season. Julio Rodriguez for the Mariners. They had a chance of coming up in a full season. I don't think we see them in 2020 now. I think they can spend the shortened season in the minors, in the upper levels, finishing their development. Um, the Tigers are in a tough spot, though, because you don't want to wait too long on pitching. You know, eventually pitching can break down. So if those guys are individually ready, like maybe they're slightly different, but I would still err on the side of caution with the rebuilding teams and be a little more aggressive with Gore, Pearson, and even Spencer Howard. I think this applies to him as well. Damn, I think you're right. Nando, what do you think? I don't know. I keep going. Like everything I think, I get contradicted with another thought. But I, I, yeah. I, I mean, I think like, so this is just shortened spring training. I mean, I guess they have kind of an idea of what these players are capable of doing from regular spring training. But with a shortened spring training, I could actually see there being truth in them saying, like, we need to see what this guy can do in, you know, AAA. Um, and it has nothing to do with Super 2. This is actually the time to do it because it has nothing to do with Super 2 if everyone's going to be granted that year of eligibility. They'll, they'll um, be granted the year if they come up. I mean, I, I think if they stay down on the farm, it's just like a regular year. But not, I don't mean for the whole year. I mean for, like, three weeks in the minors to see if they can handle a higher level. Um, I like what you said there, Nando, about like one thought corrects the next because that's that's kind of how I was feeling about it. And I'm going to say this. I'm going to say, I think I'm going with DVR now because one to 10, like I was like a six on how sure I was and sounds like you were like in the same area and DVR is like, I'm a nine. I know it's going to be this. So I'm actually with DVR now. I'm changing my mind. I'm changing my mind. I think I thought that the Padres and the Blue Jays were going to be further away. But what he's right about the variance that anything can happen, who knows? Vlad goes nuts. You know, Biggio goes crazy and the Blue Jays all of a sudden are good. I think the Blue Jays are going to be good. Uh, well, before this all came down, I had a over. Well, Blue Jays are my over under. Yeah, I was on the over for Toronto as well. And yeah, yeah, I was on the under. I was on the under. That's so, why. So we were split there, but uh, I think they would be among the teams that with a shortened season, can look at the team they have and say, you know what, maybe we can run hot over a, a shortened season. Like I think they can do that. They can justify that. The other thing to consider here, too, if teams are playing fewer games, everything's about money when it comes to Major League Baseball and how teams think. If you want to pack the stadium as soon as it's you know, safe to do that, oh, I hear you. bring up your prospects, bring up your young players, Like do everything you can to get people excited to come back to the ballpark again, too. So there's... There's like a business angle that doesn't typically come into play because of the amount of money that teams save by waiting on these players that might be kind of crushed by the fact that the situation this season is so different. Right. Damn, DVR. Damn. Good. He's good, man. He's good. Yeah. Imagine how he's on Rates and Barrels on a show he really likes. He's so good on Rates and (laughs) Barrels. I listened to Rates and Barrels yesterday. Man, oh man, those guys so good. We're, we're, you know, like I said before the show, like they're like two like serious guys talking, talking the beer, talking the game, and we get one of those guys, and then we got the two clowns and Con and Defino. I know, a little sniff. Sorry, DVR. Sorry, we bring you down. No, we don't bring him down. We bring him up. We're, we're like perfect and, brothers. And sniffles. Yeah. No, we're we're like perfect brothers because like my older kid is like the rates and barrels of the family, and my younger kid is the <laughs> under the radar kid. You know, it's, it's, it's how it goes. That's what you want. You want a balance there. It's like you want you want the older one to be, you know, a little bit more steady. You kind of know what you're gonna get. And then we were watching Ferris Bueller's Day Off yesterday, which I highly recommend for any kids, for anyone with kids. Up to age, like my seven-year-old and my ten-year-old, they're laughing their butts off. This is George Peterson. So it's such a good movie. But uh, I was looking at my older one's like Cameron, you know, who's like a little uptight. 
And my younger one's like, Ferris. <laughs> so my younger one's like, if you put a lump of coal up Ben's ass, in two weeks it would be a diamond. <laughs> <laughs> so that's what you want. So Rates and Barrels is, I'm not comparing him to Cam, but Rates and Barrels is like the older brother, and we're like the kid brother. We're, we're having our fun. I was definitely more like Cameron at a younger age. I probably still am, even though we'd all like to be more like Ferris. <laughs> the woman who played Simone is married to someone. All right. <laughs> no, I mean, it's, uh, it was... Can that be the clip? Can that be the clip, do you, that you use? The woman who played Simone was married to someone. It's going uh, to be a four-second four clip with no context. <laughs> maybe yeah. she was just in something recently, but I, I was like, I own Sky. That's her name, or Ioni Sky. I don't know how to... It, uh, no, that's not Ioni Sky. Nope. It's not. That's a... No. Different different actor. Wait, is she I from believe, Say Anything, then? Yeah, Say Anything. That's the Say Anything woman. All right. The woman I'm, in Ferris is, Bueller's Day Off is is someone else who... And, and she... <laughs> she's, she's, she's interesting, man. She, like, did the first part of the movie with, like, a weird accent. And then, like, halfway through, John Hughes was like, just talk normal. And so she ended up talking normal. <laughs> it's a very funny movie, man. That's oh, that's Mia Sarah. That's where I messed it up. Mia Sarah. But yeah, all right. Or Mia Sarah. Yeah. However you want to say it. Yeah, I can't help you there. I don't know the official pronunciation on that name. Come on, DVR. IMDb doesn't put the pronunciation guide the way Baseball Reference does. There's an idea, Ian. You know people at IMDb. Get them to put the official pronunciation next to the names. I really don't, but after listening to Rates and Barrels, I'm going to start looking at Baseball Savant. That was an interesting conversation you guys had yesterday about where you look at your box scores and the value of the hard hit. That was all very cool. Because I look at my box scores at MLB. Like, I just look at at the app. That's where I look at all my box scores in the morning. This is it. She's married to Brian Henson, son of Jim Henson. That's that's why she entered my brain space the other day. Nice pull. Yeah. Actually, Actually, that's pretty impressive. Hashtag Excedrin, guaranteed answer. If you want to ask us a question on Twitter, at Ian Khan, four, number yep. four. Yep. At uh, Derek Van Riper, all one word. At Nando DeFino. Uh, you know, throwing it at Roto underscore Frank, too, to celebrate Frank Stample's ascension to CBS. <laughs> so he won't know what's going on. It's a good test yep. to see if he listens. He listens. Uh, he all listens. the way to the end? Yeah, I bet. I think so. Although, I will say, it's super fun to get on the air with you guys talking baseball, talking life in this very challenging time that we're in, and we are in a challenging time. There's there's some levity to it, and let's find the best. Let's find what we're grateful for. And one of the things I'll say that I'm grateful for is working with you guys. So thank Aww. you. That was sweet. Feelings mutual. Yeah. Yes. I, I, I third that. All right, Chibata. All right, we got to get out of here. All right. For the man who, uh, for some reason, got cold feet trying to trade me Larry Garcia, <laughs> Ian Kahn. Oh, that deal will happen. For the man who I think talked him out of it, Derek Van Riper. Later will I. I'm not Adafino. Thank you for joining us. Uh, we'll be back again next week, but this is part of the Athletic Fantasy Baseball Podcast. Make sure you check out all the other days. Subscribe. Have some fun. Listen to Al's show, Fantasy Baseball on 15, which is a very quick nugget every morning. Thank you for listening. We hope we help brighten up your day, and we'll see you later. See you.